Welcome into this week's edition of the Quarterback Room. Man, big day in Austin. Saturday, Steve Sark, Rod, Steve Sarkeesian went to the to the Zoom call, not to the mic, to the Zoom call. His Thursday meeting with the Texas media, and he left no doubt. It's almost like he wanted to put the news out before the news got out. I agree. Oh, there you go. Win the starting quarterback on Thursday at eleven twenty. He wasn't yeah. chancing it. He, he I, I think he knew that it would start leaking out. Um, so he went out there, Rod, and said, Quinn starting against TCU, which means Malik Murphy returns to his number two QB role. What was your initial takeaway before we get into the what it means? I, I think you might have hit the nail on the head because I'm wondering why he didn't play coy a little bit, right? Yeah. Why why not, you know, a little gamesmanship? There's, you know, it's no harm in it, really. We were, I think, you know, based on your reports and all the reports and inside Texas, I think everybody was hinting that it was going to be Quinn and Quinn was yeah. practicing. We know that day to day. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why. You must be right that it was going to come out. And he's like, you know what? But even if it was going to come out, unless it is confirmed by, you know, the, the coach himself, TCU still got to put some game planning. They got to put some thought into uh, both quarterbacks, uh, even if they did have sources. Hell, they probably got their own sources. They probably would have told them, hey, you know, Quinn's the guy. Uh, yeah, so I'm a little surprised. It must be that he knew that it was obvious by the, the day's end, close of business, that it would have been out there that Quinn's going to be the starter. So he figured, you know what, get ahead of the story. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad you already got TCU to waste two days of practice time. Yeah, on, on on both quarterbacks. I mean, honestly, I guess he figured that's enough. They already raced a bulk of their practice time game planning for both. Hell, now they'll have Friday, they'll have Thursday and Friday pretty much, and they won't they, they they'll know it's only one quarterback. So I guess it's not. You still got the advantage of forcing them to game plan for two quarterbacks, which trust me, when you have only a lot of uh, amount of time by the NCAA, right. definitely has a disadvantageous effect. So now let's get into what does this mean for the Texas offense having Quinn back? Different skill set than Malik. Different skill set. The playbook's more open, I would say. Um, But I want to ask you this. What does it mean for Texas offensively? And do you think we don't see the play action fakes back turn to the defense? Do you think he protects Quinn a little bit? Uh, I, I I do think there is an effort to protect Quinn. Now we don't know, uh, you know, if he's been day to day and he's playing. Obviously, the trainers and everybody involved thinks, hey, he's good. He's not in harm's way. Uh, but if you're TCU, uh, he's a quarterback coming off an injury. Oh you test yeah. Him. I mean, that's just that's just how foot that's how football go. Uh, so yeah. they will uh, put together some pressure packages, even if they can't get to it. By the way, I think they're second in sacks actually. Uh, by the way, in the Big Twelve. Uh, TCU. So TCU actually, they, they do a reasonably good job of getting to the quarterback. They'll make sure to try to put a pop or two on Quinn. No uh, yeah. And, the and Quinn invite that we him to run and invite him to run. I was just going to say that, that Quinn that's been 20 pounds lighter and running the football early on in the season. Not sure if we're going to see that Quinn. You might because no. Quinn's a little bit stubborn. We saw him running head, head <laughs> up into a linebacker versus U of H while he was injured. So, hey, he's got some testicular fortitude to him. But I bet Sarkis told him, all right, Quinn, hey, we're done with that. I need you to protect yourself now. So I bet he's going to be in protection mode, uh, which means he, he's going to want to be in a safety, uh, the net of that pocket. And I think, you know, Sark is a pass first guy. We know that. That has not changed. I do wonder in this game, Will he decide, you know, hey, I need to be more of a run first team 
um, and maybe open up with one. He likes to he likes to pass to run and then yes. close with the run. Run yes. he likes the run game to be his closer. I wonder if this is one of those occasions where he'll decide more to open up with the run game and then run to pass the football, which is not really in Sartre's nature. But, you know, and, you know, maybe he'll decide to change that considering the health of his quarterback. But we don't know the, necessarily the health on 70 percent, 80 percent. We don't really know that. Well, that, that's where it gets to the chess match, right, Rod? TCU wants to – they're going to play a lot of three high. But mm-hmm. they're also going to disguise it in those single safety at times, right? If you're TCU, do you sit back in your three high or do you bring more numbers early in this game at Quinn? Because the reality is you want him to get hit if you're TCU. You want him to feel pressure, even if it's not there, coming off yep. an injury. How do you th- – I mean, we're guessing, but how do you think TCU attacks this? Uh, well, it's got to be in the interior, right? I mean, that's just – we know about it's attacking It's going to be up the middle. It's going to be up yeah. the middle, right? Exactly, right? We, and I uh, believe Sark said today, Christian Jones and Kelvin Banks, both ready to go. And those guys are ready to roll. That's the strength of your O-line. If you're a TCU, you're not attacking that strength. You're going to attack them in the interior. Uh, that means simulated pressure. That means twists and stunts, potentially. Uh, that means them kind of blitzing in the interior, no doubt. Those interior gaps, that's where their best matchup is potentially going to be. And that's where they'd find, I think, the most success. And if you're Texas, you want to combat that. The best way to combat that is, you know, to run the football, basically, right? Run the football successfully and don't and don't get into predictable passing situations. Don't get behind the chains. And that's why, you know, Sark is a pass first guy, but it's it's interesting. TCU, who's got it, you know, he got some good players in the secondary. Some guys go play on Sundays. Josh Newton's a Sunday player. Uh, Bud Clark's a guy, really good safety. He's one of the best safeties in the country, right? They got some guys you can pick on, too, like Avery Helm. But if they can get you behind the chains in a predictable pass situation, I think that's when they'll get some of those exotic looks in that three high, three down uh, defense. And they could potentially have, you know, a chance to open up some of those pressure packages against Texas in the interior. If you stay out of that situation, you stay ahead of the chains, I don't think TCU will be teeing off as much trying to pressure up the gut because they know Texas can 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 really hurt them on the edges and they can really hurt them on the perimeter. And this is with Quinn. This is the return of the short and intermediate passing game. And yeah. I say that's important because TC, one thing about TCU, and I agree, they have good players. They've had a poor tackling season. A poor tackling season. And Texas is really going to stress them with Worthy, Mitchell, and Sanders, or that will be the game plan in the passing game. And now you get back your quarterback whose strengths is getting the ball in those areas where, all right, TCU, now you have to come tackle one-on-one. Yeah, and they just have too many weapons, right? Yeah, I named – they got Bud Clark and Josh Newton, but Texas can just stay away from those guys. They can uh, – they can, by game plan alone, they can stay away from those guys and attack some of the other more vulnerable areas of TCU. So, I'm with, I don't know exactly what TCU is going to do. They got to roll the dice um, against they Texas. Uh, they'll have to take some chances against Texas. They'll have to leave their guys on an island every night. And K-State had to make this – this is K-State also ran the three high, three down. And yep. at times they had to – they took their chances early on against Texas, and then they got gashed. Uh, but then they adjusted, and then they went to some more exotic look. They were playing against a different quarterback. Quinn is a more seasoned quarterback. He's seen a lot of these looks. And I wonder if they'll try to take away the deep stuff, take away the chunk yards against Texas, force Texas to march the length of the field. Yeah, yep. Quinn's going to get his very accurate short to intermediate throws. That goes without saying. Keep everything in front of you and just force Texas to play red zone offense. 
And then I think that is the I think that's going to be more of the game plan. They could decide strategically leave Josh Newton on an island, leave guys like Bud Clark on an island, roll coverage and help out some other guys. But I think you're going to get a a more conservative game plan than K State had early on when they were playing some aggressive man coverage against with Quinn back especially. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd be shocked if we saw that aggressive coverage by uh, TCU like Kansas State. All right, now let's talk about Malik a second. We're not yep. going to rehash his performance, but here's what we're going to say. Now as a number two quarterback, he has legitimate experience. He did not until BYU. He had thrown eight passes in his career. So Texas is now in an even better spot. Because if something happens to Quinn, at least Malik's now played two full games of football. So Sark will feel better about that, having a backup quarterback that has real power five experience when it matters. And while he's struggled, he's at least shown him, okay, he can he can carry out a script. You know, yeah. that fourth quarter drive, he made a key throw on third down to Davion Sanders. So talk about how much is this going to help Malik? Because, you know, one of the things with Quinn that I think is interesting, Rod, is since he's been at Texas, he's never had a chance. He he was hurt last year, but again this year, he hadn't had a chance this year to just sit and kind of take it all in and watch. He did for the last two games, all right? So it's a different look from the sidelines and playing. But now with Malik, now that he's watched from the sidelines and he's played enough, his view from the sidelines is going to be different as the backup quarterback. How do you think this yeah. has helped Malik, and how do you think it helps Sark? Honestly, I think the one thing, just as a former player, uh, getting those live reps in the game, I think it helps you learn how to practice better, right? Yeah. As a quarterback, and Sark mentioned this, right, how practice is so much – it's very different for everybody, but for the quarterback position, it's probably, for them, the more, more of a drastic shift, all right, in real-time reps and practice reps in any other position – because they're so protected in practice. There's a halo around. Nobody can touch them or get close to them. And there's a lot of plays they end up finishing that they probably wouldn't be able to finish in games. There's a lot of movements they have to make. They wouldn't have to make, uh, you know, they in practice they have to make in the games. And I think when you understand the, the speed of those game reps, when you understand the physicality of those game reps, when you understand that, uh, like Sark said, hey, man, when you get hit in that situation, you're not going to be able to follow through on that throw. I think it helps you as a young player learn how to practice at a higher level, learn how to practice at a different speed. Uh, I think Malik Great. understands that now, right? It was he, the practice reps and the game reps. He knows now, like, whoa, those are different. Reps. I got to speed up my practice reps. Yes. And I, I learned that as a young player, too. Like, oh, man, I got I to gotta make sure my practice reps are closer to, to game reps as possible which is why that's when I start, you know, I'm only going against Roy Williams in practice. I'm all, you know I mean? You start doing different things in practice, whatever it may be for him to make sure yep. that I can replicate that game simulation or I can simulate that as much as I can. And I think that's going to help him a lot. Uh, also, I mean, he's got to go back. He's got film now to go watch on himself. That's right. Like, game. Film, he, oh, it's, it's he a beautiful can self, thing. He can self-scout himself for real now. And yes. Yeah, exactly. You did that in practice with practice reps. With spring game reps, but it ain't it still ain't the same. All right? right. You got you need the game reps where a team is game planning. And he's got one of those games where a team, you know, two of those games actually where a team actually game planned for him. Yep. And that's important too, because they're game planning, looking at what be your what could be your weaknesses and strengths. Um, and I think that's important. He's got now that self-scouting tool. Go back, 
look at his mechanics, look at where he just where he deteriorated in the game, you know, where he yeah. where he picked things up, where he got into a rhythm. I think that's important. So uh, I, I really do. I think it gives him a huge advantage, actually, in the competition for next season. The one that we all anticipate between him and Arch. Yeah, this starting this spring, right? Uh, yeah, you're watching the quarterback room with Rod Babers and myself and Texas fans. That's why Rod is who he is. He just gave an amazingly good answer. All right, last thing on Texas before we talk about Josh Hoover and then in this show with a little Trey Owens and KJ Lacey talk. Just to update Texas fans on where they're at entering the playoffs. Yeah. This is the healthiest Texas has been since the 65 guys that are going to travel. This is going to be the healthiest those 65 have been since Alabama. Wow. The only guy that's not going to be there is Chris Ross, who was removed from the program. So all this is as healthy as this Texas has been, team has been hitting the road since Alabama. Yeah. So they're getting healthy at the right time. And, Rod, how much is a, a former player does it mean to look to your right and look to your left, see all those guys that were on the field with you guys when you all beat Alabama? And you won that game, and you're not sitting there with a uh, second team guy who's a friend, and you like him, but you're like, okay, man, I got to do it. I, I got extra. I got to. I got to worry yeah. about this this week. I mean, there's something that comes with it, right? I mean, no look, it, it it brings energy when Jalen Catalan's back on the field. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. Yeah, I and mean, that's a, that's the uh, scary thing for their opponents, but the really promising thing for Longhorn fans. Um, and I love that you brought that up since Alabama. And that's when wow. we've seen this team come as close to its peak, as close to its, you know, uh, reaching its potential as they've been all season. And we've kind of been waiting on that, you know, to, to see that team play four full, no, four, four quarters, yes. right? Four full fourth quarters, uh, for four full four quarters of football and a fourth quarter of football. But you yes. want to see this team play full game at that at that real level of, of football, right? That high level of football. And we hadn't really seen it. And maybe one of the reasons is they've been dealing with injuries like every team all right, in college football, been dealing with injuries at key positions. Um, but now you have a team that's played, uh, you know, some of their, their second string guys or at least the rotational guys, whatever you want to call it. But they have also gotten some seasoned reps and experience. So that's good for now, the, the depth of the team. And now you bring back the frontline starters for the team. And now you have guys who have experience and you have talented depth all throughout the roster. And yeah, it's a scary uh, proposition for their uh, their opponents that this team could be actually playing their best football at the right time and peaking at the right time. And, and for Texas fans, to follow up on that before we get to Josh Hoover real quick, think about this. 
Not only Malik Murphy get two starts, Cam Williams got his first start in real action, right? Derek Williams has played more and gotten more action. He was coming on, but still due to partially due to injury, right? I mean, so uh, Malik Muhammad, more action due to injury. So Texas got these guys more time and more action on the field than they anticipated when they walked out of Bryant-Denny Stadium and beat Alabama. So it's blessing in disguise now that if Texas can handle these injuries a little better because the guys they call on, if Christian Jones goes right down in Fort Worth, then Cam Williams started last week. That is a major difference for this team right now in the last three, four, five games of the season. Uh, All right, Rod, moving on, Josh Hoover. I know you set it up on TCU. Uh, Here's my rundown of Josh Hoover, uh, just on my part on him before I let you time to tell Texas fans about Josh Hoover, the player. He was once committed to Indiana. Kalen DeBoer, Washington coach, was the one that identified him before he left to go to Fresno State. Um, His father, Hoover's father, played at Colorado State and briefly briefly in the NFL. His brother signed with Oak State in baseball yesterday, considered a top 10-round draft pick in this uh, June draft in 2024 with the ability to move higher. So that's the Josh Hoover recruiting uh, kind of family tree file. So it's an athletic family. It's Mm -hmm. a competitive family. Josh was a good baseball player as well. Now talk about the redshirt freshman, kind of what you've seen on the film. He's thrown an interception every game he's played this year, but what have you seen from him on the field? Uh, He's got a strong arm, and he's got a quick release, uh, which I love about his game. You can tell he's a baseball guy, right, Rod? Yeah, that comes out. It really does, man. He's got, like I said, he's – and you can tell why Kalen DeBoer recruited him because Kalen DeBoer's got one of those vertical passing games. Yes. He likes to take shots downfield. Go look at what Washington's doing right now. Um, you've got to have a quarterback that can make those throws with regularity, and he's one of those guys. So I, he's a gunslinger, uh, and that fits because he also will early on make some questionable decisions with the football um, or maybe have a little too much confidence that he can make a certain throw and he'll make some bad decisions. I think once I, I talked to someone who said they reminded him of Andy Dalton uh, as a TCU writer. They say they had a little Andy Dalton in him and reminded him. I was like, oh, interesting. Never thought about that. But I what never, I that's think, actually pretty good. Yeah, it's actually not a bad comparison. What I what I do like about his game, though, um, honestly, they they they're, they they believe in him throwing the football. Yes. I mean, they've thrown it. I want to say like 43, 58 times. I mean, they're gonna throw it against Texas. I say I would say 45 to 50 times easy, Uh, no doubt in my mind, because they'll probably end up playing from behind, hopefully anyway. Um, But if not, they know that the way to attack the Texas defense is to throw it. You don't want to be running at Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat. That is a fool's errand. And I think smart offensive minds know that. And that will be the case with Kendall Riles. I don't think he's going to do that. I think they're going to throw it and they're going to throw it early and they're going to throw it often. They believe in this young kid too. They want, they, they know he's got growing pains to work through, um, but they think he can be pretty special uh, in this offense. Your point, I think is a great one. And it leads me into my next question. Oklahoma tempoed Texas. And Mm -hmm. what is, what you've been saying this, what does Texas struggle with? Two-minute defense. Well, I think TCU is going to try to make every possession two-minute defense for Texas, or a majority of them, and thus neutralizing Sweat and Murphy and hopefully taking the legs 
from the pass rush late in the game if they're to stay in the game. I mean, I think you saw a little bit of that in Oklahoma, right? Against Oklahoma. Oh yeah. How, I mean, do you think see tech, uh, do you see TCU going a lot of tempo in this game? No, Saying, that's right, a, we've seen on tape. This is where you struggle. Show us how you've improved. That's a great point. Depends on how comfortable their young quarterback is in it, right? Running that kind of offense in um, the game situation. Yeah, exactly. And and but 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 you're right though. I mean, when you think about it, essentially the two minute drill mostly is about communication, and it's a crisis mode that you're putting the defense in, and they got to communicate in crisis. And Texas has struggled with communicating, passing routes off in coverage. Uh, if you want to, I'm with you. If you want to simulate that within, you know, the game and not just in a two minute situation, just speed it up. And yeah. I, I think you're right about that. It will also force Texas on the back end. You're right about what it does to the front seven, but on the back end, it's going to force them to communicate. And they've struggled with that, and it forces miscommunication and potentially some coverage busts and breakdowns. I think you're around the money there, Jerry. I. If, if I'm a TC, a TCU, I'll run a ton of it. Remember, they they move the ball a lot, guys. I mean, yes. I, I put the number out there. If you look at 10-plus yard pass plays, they're third in the country in 10-plus yard pass plays, 116 of them. They're in the That's same conversation with Oregon, with Washington, with USC, and Georgia. They, no, that's the top five, and TCU is right there. Now, they, they're terrible in red zone offense because – you know, like Texas, that's actually one of their Achilles heel, kind of one of the fatal flaws. They don't really, you know, convert a lot of that yardage into points because yeah. they struggle in the red zone and they give away the football because they're last in the Big 12 in turnover margin. But, man, if you start talking about moving the football, they 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 can move the football on Texas throwing the ball. They I think they could. It all depends on if Texas pass rush can get home or not. Right. We're not picking on Texas players here, but this is part of the discussion. No. If TCU sees 33 at linebacker and they see 21 at safety on the field at the same time, Keaton Crawford and Benda, I think they're going to go tempo immediately. Because I, 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 yep, yeah, I think they're going to go tempo immediately if they get a couple of those favorable matchups where guys have struggled in coverage this year. They're not going to let Texas sub. They're going to go tempo against a certain, if they see certain numbers on the field from their scouting report. I think that could dictate tempo as well. Uh, I, I think you're around the money there. It would it would make perfect sense to me too because there's certain guys, you know, the safeties for Texas, I believe they're allowing the, the highest yards per target uh, in the Big 12 among groups of safeties. So that's one of the spots. There, there aren't a lot of spots to attack against Texas. That's one of the vulnerabilities. Yeah. Yep. There, there you go. All right, Rod, we're going to end the quarterback room um, with this today. High school football playoffs started Thursday night. Uh, Cy Fair uh, moves on. They beat Bel Air, as Rod Babers used to beat up on Bel Air. Yeah, Trey Owens entered the playoffs, completing 75% of his passes, 2,318 yards, 32 touchdowns, and four interceptions. And we've had Trey on the show. If Trey was on the show right now, he'd say, you know what? Easy work against Bel Air. That wasn't really that good. And we love Trey's confidence. Uh, <laughs> round two is Katie high Ooh. and I'm planning to be at that one mm. now. And I'll say this, look, Trey Owens, the senior quarterback, Texas commitment at Cy Fair, junior defensive lineman, uh, Landon rink at Cy Fair, the son of Shane rink, the D line coach, former Texas defensive lineman. These are games in high school rod where if you feel like you're underranked or underrated, a huge opportunity because more yeah. eyes are on you in the playoffs than ever in high school football. 
And when you play a DeSoto, a Duncanville, a Katie, a North Shore, if you go ball out against those guys, it's amazing how perception in a ranking may change, whether you were underranked to begin with, justifiably ranked. But it, these are opportunities that Trey yeah. Owens and these guys are about to come uh, come upon them next week against a Katie High. Yep, totally agree. We Our second-round matchup every year at Houston Lamar was either Katie or North Shore. We couldn't avoid them. We couldn't avoid them. And we basically would never advance. We, we beat Katie one year. That was it. And then we had North Shore, I believe, the next week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, you're, you're around the buddy. And, yeah, you can show out and beat one of them teams. You become – you become uh, regional news. Everybody is talking about, oh, man, how did one of those powers get beat? What happened? You know, it was Trey Owens or it was – They'll show, yeah. They'll show yeah. Trey Owens throwing over the top of that KD yeah. Gary Joseph defense. Nobody's thrown four touchdowns against KD since this year. Um, yeah. So, all right, then there's KJ Lacey, 2025 quarterback commitment out of Sarah Land, which is north of Mobile. Sarah Land's 10-0, defending state champs. Uh, he's – KJ's completed 122 of 180 passes for over 2,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. So there you go, Traylon's 32 touchdowns, four interceptions. KJ Lacey, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. Rod, it, this is a chance. Well, we've talked about these guys talent-wise, and we'll come back and get Rod's breakdowns as we get closer to the signing day and we get closer and into the Rye recruiting shows. But, you know, this is a chance for a kid like KJ Lacey, man, if – to really almost, I'm not going to say they'll build a statue at Sarah Land High, but as close <laughs> as you get as a high school player, if you go out and win another state title as a junior, that means you won one as a sophomore and you won one as a junior. I mean, these are, uh, you get it, you, KJ Lacey and Sarah Land, he has a chance to get into some pretty uh, rarefied air. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, I mean, everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to be the local legend before you become, uh, you know, a national rec, you know, a national recognizable name and brand. You want to become the local legend first, where everybody's like, "Man, he he did something that was unprecedented, or he had that that iconic, memorable moment and run." Uh, so I'm sure that's a that's a big part of why these these guys are going to the next level. I'm sure they want to leave there. They want to leave their mark. All right, that's it. on on wherever they are, and whenever they go back, that. They're still considered, you know, kind of a local celebrity, a local superstar where they are. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if I accomplished that, all right, as much as a quarterback could these days. But, you know, those guys, uh, you know, they got a chance to, you know, to do something special on their way out on the Farewell Tour, man. I'm excited for them. And I, I'm going to throw one more nugget. When I was looking at uh, Sarah Land's uh, stats on Max Preps, they now list wide receiver Ryan Williams as a senior, which I think is – very interesting. So the Alabama five-star commitment, obviously that reclassification, the 2024 is going to happen. All right, that's it for this week's quarterback room. I couldn't be more excited about the game Saturday night, man. It's going to be a little chilly, but oh, look, man. Texas, they're, they're, when's the last time there's been this much on the line, Rod? I mean, it's been a – 2009. 2009, 15 years almost, man. Uh, it's been way too long. <laughs> so Texas will take the field with Quinn Ewers as a starting quarterback. Uh, number seven in the B uh, BCS block college football standing. Yeah. See, uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go, two thousand nine. I was right <laughs> against TCU's four and five, but their four and five is better than BYU's five and four for the Texas fans. This is a better team than BYU, even though yeah. the records are reversed. So uh, we'll see what Texas does. 
on Saturday night up at Amon G. Carter Stadium. Uh, for Rod Babers, this is Jerry Hamilton. This, been, that, this has been this week's edition of The Quarterback Room. Welcome. Okay.